0: Welcome. Arshus Kisavai begins with the Mitzvah of Bikure. When a person grows products, grows fruit and grains in Eretz Yisrael. So each year, the person must go out into the field early in the season and identify the first fruits from each type, from each species. Person puts a marker on it, as Rashi says, and later, when the fruits are ready, the person fills up a basket with his Bikurim, with his first fruits, and he must take it to the Beis HaMikdash, and eventually the, the Bikurim are given to the Kaya. But part of the process, part of the Mitzvah, is what's called Mikra Bikurim. If the person reads or recites a number of sukan which express our gratitude for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for taking us out of Srayim, bringing us to Eretz Yisrael, supplying us with this bounty of, of good products. And we're going to examine just one pasik and really just a few words in this Mitra kurim There is a strong difference of opinion here between on the one hand Rashi and his mufarshim, those who explain Rashi, and on the other hand Ibn Ezra. And I think that although there are many, many technical aspects to this Makhlechus, but there are also a lot of underlying concepts, which are very, very important in a practical way. So here we have the beginning, the first pasach regarding Mikra Bikurim. V'anisa, Marta, You will lift up your voice and you will say, in front of Hashem, your God. In other words, you will come with your Bikurim, with your basket full of first fruits, and you will stand in front of Hashem, you will be standing in the of Mikdash, and you will be standing, addressing the Koyan, and you will say the following Arami obeyed Avi. Now, we're going to talk quite a bit about the proper translation of these words. But at first glance, it, we, it would seem to me that Avi, my father, was an Arami obeyed. He was a lost wandering Aramaic. Uh, perhaps it refers to Jacob Avinu, who was lost and impoverished and out of place when he went to, when he worked for his uncle, Lovin Haram. Or well, we could even say it refers perhaps to Avraham Avinu, who came from the land of Aram and uh, for a while anyway did not have a home until he came to Eretz Yisrael. Even then he had to go down to Mitzrayim for a while. Certainly, at first glance, Arami Obedavi avi seems to mean that my father was a lost Aramean. Let's continue. By Yered then he went down to Mitzrayim. By Yagar Shom and he dwelt there with just a few people, a very small group of people. Originally, 70 people went down to Mitzrayim with Yaakov Avinu. Ba the Gadol, and he became, he became there a great and powerful and numerous nation. If the psukim sound very familiar, that's because we all know these psukim from the Haggadah Shel Pesach for certain reasons which are discussed in a, in a variety of s'orim and in many different ways. These psukim were used to, to build around them the whole Haggadah, the whole telling of the story of Godes Mitzrayim. And you'd see it's been trying. That's not our topic today, but just good to note. Let's go to Rashi and let's see how Rashi understands the pasuk, and particularly, how does he understand these words, "aramio v'edavi"? Rashi begins with "maskir chaste hamakom," the person mentions the kindnesses of Hashem. Parenthetically, I'm going to admit, I'm not sure what Rashi wants with those three words. I mean, they're certainly true. It's certainly true that in these Psukim, the person mentions the chesed of a Baruch Hu. What is Rashi telling us by, by saying this? I'm not sure. What is, he, is, he, is he helping us avoid some mistake in understanding the Psukim? I'm not sure. Anyway, the person mentions the kindnesses of a Baruch Hu. And he begins by saying, Arami oived and now Rashi explains what that means. Lavan, who was the Arami, he's known as Lavan Harami. He arami he wanted to uproot everything. He wanted to kill the entire Jewish nation. When he ran, when he pursued Yaakov, when Yaakov sneaked out of Lavan's household after Many uh, very, very trying years of working for him. Eventually, Yaakov amassed his own fortune, and he, he ran away. Lovin came running after him. And it was not merely to uh, kiss his daughters and his grandchildren goodbye, as he claimed. Hazal tell us that he was coming after him, to uproot everything. He was going to kill them all. So that's what it means. Arami of the Aramean, Lovan he destroyed or wanted to destroy my father. Rashi continues. Because he thought to do, because he wanted to destroy us. So, who counts it for Lovan as if he really did it. Hasak doesn't say. Uh, literally, uh, openly, that the Aramee, that the Aramean, wanted to destroy my father. It says the Aramean did destroy my father. So how could that be? In, in fact, he did not destroy us. So Rashi says because he thought about it, because he wanted to do it. So Hakadosh Baruch Hu considers it for him as if he actually did. In other words, he is punished as if he actually did it. Because regarding the regarding the nations of the world, HaKadosh Baruch Hu considers for them a bad thought equal to a masa. For us, of course we shouldn't think about doing bad things either. But if we just think of doing something that's wrong, so the rule is um, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu He does not turn the thought into an action. In other words, if we think of doing the wrong thing, it is not counted as if we did it. But that's for Am Yisrael. But for the nations of the world, Rashi's telling us here, it's different. If they think of doing something bad, the Kodesh will count it against them as if they actually did it. So here, Lovam thought about, he planned, he wanted to destroy my father, Yakut. And so therefore, considers it as if he did destroy him. And therefore we say in our Mikra Bikurim, Arami Oved Avi. The Aramean Lovan destroyed my father. Now the main question that I would like to raise on this Pasik, on this Rashi, has uh, already been supplied for me by the Ibn Ezra. The Ibn Ezra although he does not mention Rashi by name, but he seems quite obviously to be addressing himself to this comment that Rashi made. Really, uh, this comment does not start with Rashi. It comes from the Sifrei. It comes from the, the Midrash on Sefer Dvarim. Ibn Ezra says as follows. Oved Abi Milas oved minaparlim Sheinam yotzin. This word oved is a poel, oh, it's a it's a verb, and it's a verb that is enum yotzin, that is not yotze, meaning it is intransitive. There are two types of verbs, they have the same distinction in English. There's what's called a transitive verb, where I do something to someone else or to some other thing. For example, I have a, uh, a potato sitting on the table and I take a sledgehammer and I smash The potato, I do something to the potato. That's called a transitive verb. Or I have a ball and I throw the ball. I'm doing something to the ball. That's called a transitive verb. Doing an act to something or someone. However, there's also something called an intransitive verb. That's where I do something, but there's no person or no thing that's receiving the action and say, Um, John stood in front of his house. Don't, you don't, it's true, he stands on the ground. He's not doing something to the ground. Basically, he's just standing there, not doing anything to anybody. John breathes. When you're breathing, you're not doing it to someone else. Um, I I used to have a non-Jewish neighbor across the street. I used to think about him that he... It had bothered them that he had to breathe the same air that a Jew exhaled. But really, when you breathe, you don't do it to someone else. You just breathe. That's called an intransitive verb. It's not going towards some other person or thing. In Lashen Kodesh, we have the same distinction. We have Poyol made That means intransitive. It just stands. It's just something you do yourself. And we have Poyol yotse. It's a verb that goes out, that you do it to someone or to someone else. Now the Ibn Ezra makes a very good point here. He says the verb obeyed is a payal It's a non-transitive verb. Therefore, he says If the word ARAMI would be a reference to lovan, so hoya The Fasek would have said MA'AVID or The Fasek would have had to use a transitive form Either ma'avid he caused destruction, or ma'abed he did destroy. So if the Arami refers to lovan, as Rashi says, as the Sifrei says, so the Ibn Ezra uh, argues that the verb obeyed is not the right verb. Arami Oveid avi would mean seems, means that the Arami is lost, is destroyed, but not that the Arami is tried to destroy somebody else or did destroy somebody else. Therefore the Ibn Ezra says that Harami, who Yaakov, who is the Arami in this Pasik? It's not Lovan who destroyed or wanted to destroy somebody else. The Arami in this Pasik refers to Yaakov, who was stuck in Aram for many years working for his father-in-law. The Ilo Amara Kasuv, it's as if the Pasik said, the Shahoya of Aram when my father, when my forefather was in Aram, Chaya obeyed. He was lost. Ba'atam, what does it mean he was lost? The meaning is, ani He was poor without any money. And he was suffering and so on. So the Ibn ezra disagrees with Rashi. And he says that based on Dikduk, Arami, obeyed avi, obey, has to mean that my father Yaakov was an Arami obeyed. He was an Arami because he lived in Aram. He's not really from there, but he lived there. And he was an Arami Oveid. He was a lost, poor, destitute, lost case out there in Aram. Arami or And then later, he also had to go to Misrayim And he was very few people over there. And they they persecuted them there. But finally, HaKadosh Baruch did the great chesed and took us out and eventually brought us to Eretz Yisrael. So we have Rashi who tells us that Arami Avedavi means the Aramean lovan destroyed or attempted to destroy my father. Even though the verb obey doesn't seem to fit, even Ezra has a very good point. Say something is lost, it's not lost, not doing that to somebody or to something, it's just lost. To stand, it's just like to say the verb to stand, to breathe. But Rashi says, Rashi interprets Oved as some kind of a some kind of a transitive verb. So the Aramite, destroyed or attempted to destroy my father. Even Ezra says that can't be. The verb form doesn't fit. It has to mean Arami, my father, Yaakov, was an Arami Oved. He was a lost person out there in the country of Aram. Now, We're going to discuss three ways of understanding Rashi, because even Ezra makes a very good point, apparently. The the, the Rashi's uh, position in this matter needs to be explained. And I think that each explanation is interesting in and of itself, and also reveals certain principles that are very important. We'll begin with the Mizrahi, the Eliyahu Mizrahi, and the first word that he says is very important. After he quotes the Rashi, he says, Bisifri or Bisifrei, meaning this comment from Rashi is not an original comment. It comes from the Sifrei. We'll see in a moment why that's very important. He quotes the Ibn Ezra. He mentions Ibn Ezra's Kashi. He says the Radak also explained like Ibn Ezra But he says then they passed along the tradition. They copied the tradition. In other words, they passed it from one generation to the next. They passed along a tradition according to their true kabola, their true reception of the tradition. One man from another man. Rabenu, all the way going back to Meisher Rabenu Olam V'Shalom, Mipi and of course, where did Meisher Rabenu get the the correct, uh, the correct explanation of the Torah? He got it from the Mipi Agburah from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Achachamim received the tradition going back all the way to Hakadosh Baruch at Har Sinai, Sharami that the Arami in this pasuk is Lavan. V'Sha Oyved Hu Yotse. And the word obeyed is a So the Mizrahi here, I think somewhat uncharacteristically, doesn't begin by saying, well, Rashi says his explanation because there's this extra word over there, or there's a certain grammatical difficulty and uh, order of the words. He, he doesn't say that, that Rashi came to his conclusion based on one of the usual suspects, one of the usual reasons why Rashi gives his explanations. The Mizrahi here uh, seems to get uh, kind of uh, emotional, very, uh, pardon the expression, but very religious. And he says, Mr. Rabbi Ibn Ezra, I mean, wh- wh- why, you, why do you have complaints against Rashi for this comment here? Rashi is simply writing down what our Chachamin received pi ish all the way back to Moshe all the way back to Olkodesh that this is the pshat in the pasuk Arami Kulavan Arami is the law is refers to Lovan. and Oved means he destroyed or wanted to destroy and he says even though this word Oved appears to be a Poyol I made it appears to be intransitive but he says Yesh poelim she yetsu there are such verbs that literally they go out and they stand, meaning they can be po'il say They can be transitive, but they can also, without any change, without any change in the grammar in the in the in the nikud, they can also be po'il imet. For example, kamilas shuv But we'll talk about the example of shuv. We know that the word shuv to return can be a po'il imet. Say I returned back to my home. I didn't do anything to the house. It doesn't mean that. Doesn't mean I knocked down the house. It just means I returned. There's no, there's no object of the of that verb. And we find in Russian Kredish. I'm sure there are many so uh, A pusik came to my mind. It's a pusik in Megillas Esther. It's talking about the contest that was run to find a replacement queen for Vashti after Vashti was killed. And so they gathered all the beautiful young women from around the kingdom, and they gave them uh, a year's time to uh, improve their complexions and, and dress up and uh, practice a, uh, a singing and dance routine or whatever they needed to, to prepare themselves to try to win the contest. And then they would finally, the, the, the woman would go in to the king. and the bussock says, In the evening she would come. And in the morning, she would be Shava, she would go back to the house of the women, to the special house, to the harem, where they were keeping them. So shava, she returned. That's a play of, of made. She didn't, doesn't mean she somehow knocked down the base the Anoshim, lit it on fire. No, it just means she came back. She walked back over to the base that's a poil I made. But we have the same word shav. Okay, in, in, in Megillas Esther, it's Pelosh and the But we have essentially the same exact word, shav, in this week's parsha, parsha's ki but it's a payol Yitzay. It's a transitive verb. We have a pasik at the end, near the end of the taikekha, which says, Shav Hashem alokecha Hashem will return your captivity, you will bring your captive people back. Part of, the, part of the punishment for not observing the Torah will be we will be sent into captivity. But the Pusik promises a who will return your captivity, and he will have mercy on you. There it's a it's a it's a, a you'd say Hashem is causing you to return. That's the same exact word. Shava shav. It's just the difference between the and zacha. So the the, uh, the the Mizrahi is saying that there is such a thing. Sometimes the same verb can serve both as transitive and intransitive. So here we have arami obeyed, Although the word obeyed looks like a, an intransitive verb, but over here it's being used as a transitive verb. Not such a big deal. Not such a big kasha. He says the Kabbalah, the tradition of Achachamim, is enough. We don't have to ask any more questions. And he also mentions here a very interesting statement by Radak, he quotes the Radak. He says today, now the Radak lived uh, I think in the uh, thirteen, fourteen hundreds, 1400s I believe, but he says today Golu avesenu Seinu Beeritslahem, our forefathers went into exile into a land that is not theirs. Baina Goyim haheim amongst those nations, by Yilmadullah Shainam, and they learned the language of the nations. Jews throughout history did not generally speak Hebrew. They spoke the language of whichever country where they lived. By Yishkahu Lashina and they forgot Lashana Yes, it's true that people learned the Chumash and Mishnah and so on in L'shoin HaKodesh, but they didn't know it as a as a spoken language. (inaudible) He says it's only left over in our hands what we can find in the 24th Swarim of Tanakh. More than that, we have no no real knowledge of L'shoin (inaudible) HaKodesh. We have some words that are in the Mishnah that are not found in Tanakh. So those are new words that we have, but our entire our entire vocabulary of Lashon Kodesh is very limited. It's limited to just 24 books and a little bit extra from the Mishnah. And that's only as far as words go, but as far as the structures and, and, the, and, the, and some of the finer and more subtle points of the language, the Radak is telling us, we, we don't really know. By the way, the Rambam also in Baruch Nebuchadnezzar says this in a couple of places. I, I didn't get around to uh, finding page numbers, but uh, I saw it a couple of times in, in the first section of Baruch Nebuchadnezzar that we don't really know Lashen HaKadish. Yes, we, we, we learn it. Uh, we, we study the Chumash in Lashen HaKadish, but we are at a distinct disadvantage. We don't really understand the language properly. And therefore, okay, uh, Ibn Ezri, I have a question. Uh, to you, the word obeyed looks like a, like an intransitive verb, and it has to refer to Yaakov. But you don't really know Lashchid so well. You're not such an expert on Hebrew. Ibn Ezra was an expert on Hebrew. But the, the Mizrahi is saying, you know, even the biggest expert is really not such an expert. And maybe the word obeyed could also be a, a transitive verb. And we could say arami that means lovan obeyed avi he destroyed or attempted to destroy my father we see here from the from the Mizrahi that when we talk about a Rashi comment and certainly those Rashi comments that are that are based directly on a Midrash although we always try to say well he saw an extra word he saw a little inconsistency in the words, he had his logical reasons why he chose this comment. That's all true, and the Mizrahi himself does that in hundreds of places. But there's also another proof to Rashi's comments, and that is they come from our Chazal. They come from the greatest experts on Lashon and Kodesh and on Torah in general, and therefore that in and of itself gives them a certain strength. We don't always talk in those terms, but I think the Mizrahi is is teaching us that that's also something. Okay, let's move on. The Gura'yeh, the Maral, and the Sefer Gura'yeh also addresses this question about from, coming from the Ibn Ezra, that how could you say that obeyed means he destroyed as a as a transitive verb, it seems to be an intransitive verb. He begins with a very poetic criticism of the Ibn Ezra. He says, Ibn Ezra is uh, answering back. He's raising uh, raising objections to the words of the Chachamin, masa and he has loaded up upon them a burden of a needle. Meaning, the question that he's raising on the chachamim it doesn't weigh more than a needle. It's nothing. The Ta'an al of elav to onim but he has placed upon himself a burden of a thousand camels carrying packages. The questions that the Ivan Ezra is bringing up upon himself are much heavier, much more, more, much more difficult than the little question that he's, that he's raising on the Chachamin and on Rashi. That question, the Maharal says, is masa uh, shal it has the weight of an evil, and he says that the new who shamed over Here the maral says something very fascinating. He says the word oveid, we can say is not actually a verb. It's what he calls a shame over Right, so loymar this means to say. I'm skipping a few words here. Ki who of The arami lovan is the Avedas of the, he is the destruction of my father. In other words, the Prussik is not saying the Arami destroyed my father. If that's what it meant, we would have a question. How could the word aved mean he destroyed when the word Oved is really a made? But he's saying the word Oved is a, it is a, it's like an adjective. It's a description. Of Lavan. It's not saying what Lavan did, it's saying what Lavan was. Lavan was the Avedas Avi. Peirush ki Arami shehu Lavan, Arami, which refers to Lavan, who ba'atzmai Avedas Yaakov. He himself is the downfall, is the destruction of Yaakov. He hoya choi sheva tamid lahavidah, because he was always trying to destroy him not just one time when he ran after him, but he was always trying to cheat him and harm him. Therefore, therefore, the Arami is called the destruction of my father. If the Pesach would have said the Arami destroyed my father in a clearly transitive verb, That would only say, that would only mean that one time he thought about him evil thoughts. And he tried to do bad to him. But that's not the truth. He tried to do bad to him many times. Therefore it says, The Pesach is saying that the Arami was the destruction of my father. And he says that the the shame in many places the cause of a thing is called by the name of the result for example he gives an example if you have a stone and the stone is sitting in a place where people are apt to trip over it and stumble over it so what do we call that stone we call it Michshol. Michshol means um, downfall, stumbling. Why are you calling the stone stumbling? The stone is not stumbling. Stumbling is the result. Stumbling is the effect. What happened because of the stone. The stone should be called Machshil. That would be a that's a transitive verb. Why, do, why does the Basak and Yeshaya refer to the stone as Michshol? It says, you see here, that when you are constantly causing something, you sometimes get the name of that thing. I'll give an example in English. Uh, Some people who are, uh, let's say, trying to lose weight, I don't know anyone like that. But some people who are trying to lose weight, they'll say, oh, chocolate bars, that's my downfall. Now, what, what does that actually mean when you say chocolate bars, that's my downfall? Chocolate bars cause your downfall, they're not your downfall. The downfall is your stomach that keeps on expanding and your blood pressure that keeps going up and your cholesterol that keeps on going up. This, the chocolate is not the downfall, but this is the way we speak. The chocolate that causes the downfall is called the downfall. Similarly, the stone that causes the stumbling is called stumbling, it's called mishal And here, Maral is saying, that Lavan, who attempted to cause destruction to our father Yaakov, he is called destruction. He is the destruction of my father. Okay, that's one explanation. And then he gives another explanation tomorrow. He says since Lavan's machshava um, was lo yatzal the it did not actually come to fruition. He wanted to destroy Yahweh, but he never could do it. He, in fact, never destroyed him. So, therefore, the Torah uses a poil I made. When do we use a poil, you'd say, a transitive verb? That's if I want to do something and I did it. I want to smash that potato that's sitting on top of the table and I slammed it with the sledgehammer and I smashed it to pieces. So, we use a poil, you'd say, we use a transitive verb. I smashed. The potato. What if I raised up the, the sledgehammer and banged down and missed the potato? And I didn't do anything at all to the potato. So there the Guraya says the Torah will use a pail I made. So it's true. Lovin wanted to be ma'abed or ma'avid. He wanted to do a pail you would say of destroying Yaakov. But he missed. He missed the mark. He was never able to do it always saved Yaakov. Therefore, in and Kodesh, that is expressed with a poem, I made Instead of saying, Arami Me'abeid Avi, it's Arami Oveid Avi. The, the Maral says, Shavpoyol Le'hoya This verb didn't go out to someone else, that that other person should be destroyed. He was trying to do a transitive verb, but he but he didn't it didn't work. Therefore, the Torah wrote it in a in a of Foyol I made, of a standing intransitive verb. One thing that we see from the baral, besides the, the answer itself that he's giving to Rashi, is we see an interesting distinction particularly according to the first explanation. There's a difference between an act that is done one time and a habit. If you do an act one time, so that that like by loving that would have been called but that's not what he did. He did it over and over and over again and he was always thinking about it. He was always trying new ways to destroy Yaakov. That for that, there's a different, a different way of speaking in Russian and Kodesh according to the Gorari. That there we say, Arami Obedavi, he is Yaakov's destruction. It is a very important distinction in, in practical terms. We are uh, about to begin Slichas uh, this Mose Shabbos. We're about to stand before our Kodesh Baruch Hu for din on Rosh Hashanah. And we need to remember that it is much easier to do tshuva for an act than it is for a habit. You did something wrong one time, that's very regrettable. We, 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 can, all, we can all plead guilty. But if you did an act, the, the wrong thing one time, that's relatively easy to, to wipe away. Relatively. But if you have a bad habit, meaning if you've done the same the same inappropriate thing over and over again, that's very difficult to wipe away. On the one hand, that's discouraging. But the encouraging point is, is, that if you can take something that you've done wrong many, many times, that you've developed a habit, that even to the point that you are called by the name of that thing, you're not just a person who did act, inappropriate act X, but you have gotten the name of X, as, as the Guraria says here, but if you can reduce that down to just an occasional inappropriate act, you can lower it, you can downgrade it from a, from a habit by which you, that, that, that gives you your name, but you can downgrade it to just one or an occasional failure, an occasional lapsing, just an occasional act. That already is putting you in a whole different category as far as Chuba goes. That's something we can, we can learn from this Gurai. One more explanation of the Rashi comes from a much later source from Wolf Heidenheim, who lived in the 1800s. He was a great grammarian and he wrote a safer of explanations of Rashi's grammatical comments. The name of the safer is Savanasa Mikra. And he discusses this phrase, Harami Aved Avi. And he's dealing with the same question, how could Rashi say that obeyed, which appears to be intransitive, how could Rashi say that it means a a transitive verb, that Lovan destroyed or tried to destroy us? Heidenheim tells us that in fact this word obeyed is a transitive verb, it's a polyoetze, but it's in a different binion. Uh, those of us who have uh, had some lessons in modern Hebrew, so we were taught that there are shiva b'nyanir. There are seven basic forms of the Hebrew verb. There's you have, uh, shover, mishaber, and, uh, oveid, le'abed, le'haavid, ne'evad, hitabed, etc. The truth is there are more than seven. I mean, that's, that's obvious. If you look in, in Tanakh, Even in modern Hebrew, there are really more than seven forms of the verb. The Tiedemheim tells us that the verb obeyed is a special binion, an eighth or a ninth or a tenth binion form of the Hebrew verb. And when you say obeyed, that's a past tense and it has a certain meaning. And he says, this meaning we find, he says, we find the same thing in Arabic. Arabic is of course a language that is is a Semitic language. It is related to Hebrew, it is certainly not the same, but many grammarians going all the way back to the earliest ones um, found parallels between certain ideas in the Arabic language and certain phenomena in the Hebrew language. Heidenheim tells us that in Arabic, this form indicates to dear us to the This verb form obeyed indicates to us the constant desire of the actor towards his action. To the point that he desires it and tries to do it constantly. There's a special verb form in Lashankradish that means you would you do something and you do it over and over and you do it emphatically. That's this word obey. An example of it from elsewhere in the Tanakh. He takes a Pasek and for Shoiftim about Devoira. And the Pasek says, he es Yisrael, Now, Pasek is, I mean, the simple translation would be, she judged Israel during that time. She was the judge over Klai Yisrael for however many years. She sat under the palm tree, timer Devoira, she was the judge. What does it mean, he shoifta es Yisrael, for Esahi? It would seem that the Fasik needs to use a past tense, but shoifta looks like a present tense. Says Heidenheim, no, no, that's a past tense. He shoifta is this is this special opinion of the verb, and it means she was emphatically and consistently, strongly judging. Israel at that time. And he has some other examples. So he says, that's what this Pusuk means. It works out that, that Chazal and Rashi are saying exactly what the fussick means grammatically. Arami Ovedavi, the Aramean, Lavan, was consistently, constantly, and emphatically trying to destroy my father. There's a special verb form that is used when a person constantly tries, with all his might, to do something. He may or may not succeed. But if you are constantly striving to do something, we apply to you this particular form of the verb, like, he And therefore, Rashi's um, comment, Rashi's interpretation is exactly grammatical. That, that Lovin wanted, Bikesh, he wanted to just, to just to uproot everything when he ran after my father, Yaakov. And he didn't just do it once, he was doing it all the time. What do we, what's the takeaway? What do we see from this comment? We see that in Lashem Kodesh, there's a special verb form for what a person really wants to do, and tries to do, and does consistently even if perhaps it doesn't succeed. That's a very encouraging point, that if we try to do what's right, and we consistently try to do what's right, and we try hard to do what's right, there's a special place for that. There's there's an old expression, I, I don't think it's in the Gemara or the Midrash, but there's an expression that people say regarding learning Torah. There's a lot of Torah to learn. The Whole shas and midrashim the and then commentaries and and it, it, it's overwhelming. But there's an expression pin, Hashem does not count how many pages you learned, Hashem counts how many hours you put in. And when, he, when we say he counts how many hours, it's not only in quantity but it's in quality. The amount of hours that a person puts in to learn Torah and the consistency and the and the and the strength, the, the concentration that a person learns in, puts into his learning, so that will de- determine how much the person is rewarded for that learning. And the truth is, it's like that way for any, any good endeavor. When we try to do what's right, and we try to do so consistently, and we do it emphatically, we do it with strength, we do it with energy, so that has a special place in Russian Kurdish. In- it has a special verb form that describes it, and that has a special uh, place in the eyes of a college world. Putting this in a different place. Thank okay. you.